TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Back to more John Chuckery. He's in the zone. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuck. We're show live in the Kia Studios. Halfway home on a Monday evening with you. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Honestly, app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Give me a follow at JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. If I missed, uh, sorry, if you missed our uh, interview with uh, Eric Bischoff, uh, we will play that at 940 for you this evening. Braves uh, right now, still, uh, it's uh, one out, it's 4-3. Braves just uh, picked up a run here, so they get the lead back here in the top of the uh, the sixth inning. Finally got a, uh, finally got an RBI out of it. Uh, Ozuna gets a uh, RBI. He's got a couple of hits tonight, so he's two for three with a run scored and an RBI tonight, so hopefully he can get some things going. Contreras has got a, a hit and a run scored. Arcia has a, a, a walk and a run scored, so the bottom of the order scoring the runs for uh the Braves tonight. Riley's got a couple of hits uh, in the game and scored one. So top of the order, not really getting a lot done. One for nine. No run scored, no RBI, and three strikeouts. That's Ronnie, Dansby, and Olsen. So everybody's kind of cooled off at the top of that order. That's uh, that's for sure. Been uh, Not quite been the same here of late. So need to get those guys cranked up and, uh, and going. Certainly Dansby was having a MVP caliber season in the first half, and uh, they need to get Ronnie going. So um, you know, again, for the people that want to sit Ronnie and all that, it's just crazy talk. I mean, it's that's all that that is. It's all that that is out there. So, um, I was reading an article from Bleacher Report talking about the big threes in the uh, the NBA. Let me ask you real quick, Dylan who who do you think are who do you think are the best big threes in the Eastern Conference? In the East, I'll go with the Celtics with Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. The Bucks with Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Um, there's not too many after that. I mean, if you it, uh, let's assume that Durant, Irving, and Simmons stay together, okay, then that they don't. That nobody is. And again, obviously, trades and things like that can happen. Yeah. But let's just. Let's for now, since they are together, assume that they're together. Okay. Then Durant, Irving, and Simmons are are up there too. They're one of the top three. Other than that, I can't I there Philadelphia doesn't really have a big three. They got a big two. Um, but I mean if you want to count James Harden, Joel Embiid, and like I guess you want to throw Tobias Harris or Tyrese Maxey in they there. Put, they put so they put they put so in the East they put 
Um, they put Embiid, Harden, and Maxi at okay. number four. Okay. Actually, number four overall um, in the NBA. Oh. Um, yeah, because uh, they've got they've <laughs> got high. they've got the Bucks one. They got in the West. Obviously, number two is well, Warriors. Uh, so yeah, so they got they got the Bucks one, the Warriors two, um, Brooklyn three, Celtics or sorry, uh, Sixers four, and they've got the um, they've got the Suns at number five with Aiton Booker and and Paul. I can um, see the Suns being five, but how are the Celtics not ahead of the they, Sixers? So they have a group that is honorable mentions. Okay. They've got the Sixers. They've got the Timberwolves. What? With adding Gobert with Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Jeez. And they've got the L.A. Clippers with Cowie, Paul George, and John Wall. You want that threesome right now in today's league? Uh, no, because they can't stay healthy. Now, here's why I brought this up, because just missing the cut. Utah with Joker, Murray, and Porter. The Pelicans with Zion, Ingram, and McCollum. That's asking a lot for Zion to be healthy, but okay. Right. Um, the Cavs, they have in, in there just missed with Garland, Allen, and Mobley. The um, the um, um, uh, Memphis with Ja, Jaron, and Desmond Bain. And then yeah. Trey Young, Murray, and Collins. We should be ahead of at least three so, of those teams that you named. So let me ask. We beat the Cavs, right? I was literally okay. just thinking so that. So we beat the Cavs. With those three. Those three were playing right. when we beat them. And why didn't we beat Embiid and the Sixers and them a couple years ago? Yeah. Okay. All right. See, I'll, here's the thing. In the East, I'll give you the Bucks, No doubt. I mean, they're champions. Middleton, Giannis, Holiday. I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Yeah. I, I think he's the best player in the NBA right now. With all due respect to Joker and Morant and everybody else, I think Giannis is the best player in the league right now, especially if you're talking about two-way players. I think he's the best in the league right now. I'm with you. I don't know why the Sixers wouldn't be one of the top five because what they just didn't get in the NBA Finals, with Tatum, Brown, and Smart, I mean, those are some of the best. I mean, Tatum's one of the best two-way players in basketball, and those are two of the better defensive players in the league in Brown and Smart. So I- right now I would tell you, I'll take I'll take the the I'll take the um Celtics. Yep. I'll take the Bucks. Yep. And if they're healthy and together, I think you have to take Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Hawks go right behind them, don't they? They do. I mean, with, with all due respect, there aren't another one of those threesomes in the East that are probably really better than what the Hawks are. Now, again, nope. I understand people are going to get upset because well, John Collins really isn't the three, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I, I mean, uh, I understand, you know, what, what you're trying to say, but I don't, I don't buy that. I, I think with Murray, Trey Young, and John Collins, you do have a pretty form, formidable threesome. Now, what about the Bulls? Um, oh, sorry. That's, that's um, let me get back to, um, let me get back to the, uh, the front here so I can get, uh, pull up, um, uh, um, Chicago, uh, real quick. Where the hell is the uh, the Bulls at here? Well, my, there we go. All right. So, what about Chicago, who has obviously DeRozan, who had a monster year last year, Zach Levine, and would you go Vucevic? Vuce, yeah. I mean, yeah. with that, is that threesome better than what the Hawks have? No, I don't think so. I mean, they're 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 probably better offensively, but I think with with 
with adding in DeJounte Murray, adding that defense, I think we're better all around because we're more balanced. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good threesome for scoring the basketball. Oh, yeah. But, you know, again, we'll we'll see. I mean, DeMar DeRozan was one of the great stories of the NBA last year at 32 years old, having the season that he had, right? And we split with the Bulls last year, if I remember. Right. But, I mean, DeRozan literally set a career high in points last year. Like, he had a monster season that kind of came out of nowhere. Remember when he was kind of chastised about the idea of, oh, why would the Bulls take a chance on him? And he was fantastic, right? Averaged like 28 points a game, five rebounds, and, and five assists. Had a monster year. Can he do that two years in a row? I think that's the question is, can he do that two years in a row? Now, he's a 20-point-per-game scorer anyway. So my point to all of this is is that the Hawks don't have to take a backseat to very many groups and things like that. And, and when you start looking through the Eastern Conference, there's no reason that the Hawks can't be in the discussion with some of those. Again, I'll give you the Celtics, and I'll give you the Nets, and I'll give you the um, um, Bucks. I'll give you those three teams. Because there, there's, there is some championship pedigree and things like that. And the Celtics just got to the NBA Finals. Tatum's a first-team All-NBA guy. I get it. And I understand Giannis and Middleton and Holiday. They won the title two years ago, right? And they beat the Hawks in the playoffs. And I understand trade and play and all that kind of stuff. I, I get all of that. I understand. But I'm not going to take away anything about what that group has done. And then again, I still think Durant's the best offensive player in the league and if you can keep Ben Simmons and Irving and Durant together and healthy and all that kind of stuff, look, I think two years ago they would have beat the Milwaukee Bucks in their title run. I think if they'd have had those guys healthy, and again, that was with Harden, that wasn't with Ben Simmons, but I think if they were healthy, they'd have beat the Bucks two years ago. So I won't take anything away from them. But the Hawks are in pretty good shape when you talk about looking at the top of the East. You know, and again, it sort of falls right in line with where we've talked about where the Hawks should be. That that the Hawks are probably not quite at the class of Milwaukee and Boston, you know, as a team just yet, but they're in that next group of, you know, Toronto, Chicago, Cleveland, right? That next group of teams that that you have in the league. And then I don't know where Miami falls and all that. I mean, give Miami credit. They were an Eastern Conference Finals team last year. Are, are they more in? Are they more in the Celtics and Bucks group, or are they kind of with where the Hawks, Bulls, and everybody else kind of falls, you know, into the mix? Because the Heat only did what the Hawks did the previous year, right? Heat were in the NBA Conference Finals this past season. Well, that's where the Hawks were two years ago, and the Hawks have added a piece to to get themselves better and added themselves an All Star. So it's probably closer than what we give it credit for. And I know there's going to be plenty of people that when they hear John Collins being part of the big three in this and the other, again, I'm not going to be freaky and tell you that he needs to be the number five player on a on a team. He needs to be your fifth option. Okay. John people. Freaky? Yes, him, the guy in the morning. The, the only place he'd be a fifth option on a team is the, is the Eastern Conference All-Star team. Then he might be the fifth option. But on most teams in the NBA, he's going to be a legitimate number three piece. And I think that's the thing about, about the Hawks is, you know, they are good at the top. Do, do they have enough to get themselves through? I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. We talked about the fact that they got rid of Sharif Cooper and they've moved on from, from Cooper. So that's one more young guy that's not in the mix right now, right? 
one more guy that's not not part of the mix, you know, and hopefully Johnson contributes this year. You know, hopefully AJ Griffin is a guy who didn't play at all in the in the summer league, and you'd really like to have seen him play in the summer league and get some sort of idea about what he can be. That was disappointing that, you know, he didn't get a chance to play in this and the other because of a sore foot and he didn't have a non-medical procedure and he didn't have a medical procedure. He didn't have surgery or anything like that. He just couldn't get his foot right or whatever. I hope that's not going to be his story, you know, uh, you know, going through the NBA or what have you like that. But I think the Hawks are at a pretty good starting point right now. Could they could they add some pieces and get themselves a little bit better? Yeah. I mean, I I I don't I don't think at this point you're you're gonna add another star in the mix or anything like that, unless you plan on giving some some bigger pieces up and things like that. But Murray, Trey, Collins, Capella, and DeAndre Hunter, you know, you gotta keep guys healthy, you gotta get a little bit better out of some of those guys. Collins and Hunter have to play much better. First off, they have to play and play much better, but I don't think the Hawks are really and truly in that bad of a position. Excuse me, right now. I don't think they're in that bad of a spot in the Eastern Conference. I don't think they're one or two, but we've talked about can they be in that top four? Can they be in that top half? You know, two years ago, they finished with the fourth best record. They tied the Knicks for the fourth best record, but they lost the head to head series 0 3. And that's why they got the five seed instead of the four seed, right? So. Again, I'm not going to tell you that the Hawks are the, the top of the East, but we're trying to get back into where, okay, can we be in that upper half? Can we avoid the play-in games? Can we avoid having to go on the road once or twice to be in a play-in game or what have you? Okay. I think the Hawks are in a pretty good position right now. And look, um, there's going to be definite expectations for this team because they're not going to get another year of regular season doesn't matter, sluggish starts, never turning the corner. They're really not going to get that benefit of the doubt this year. If they have another regular season like they had this past season, there's going to be multiple heads, I think, that roll at that point because they've done what their roster needs to do. Now they got to coach, play better, and everything else. All right, that's life uh, when we get back. Um, I'm going to give you a story about a bad joke gone wrong, plus our top ten as well. Check in the Kia Studios. Sports right now, the game, honestly.com app. is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 929, the game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. 9.22 live in the Key Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site catches on the go. Social media at 92 The Game. I'm at JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews, get to our top ten here in uh, just a second. Um, I saw this saw this story earlier today. This this thing was crazy. There is a, a a restaurant in Rhode Island that had a joke that went horribly wrong, and so right now up in the northeastern part of the United States, right, it's smoldering up there, right. So this restaurant on their Facebook page up in Rhode Island put out a comment that had a picture of Anne Frank. Do you know who Anne Frank is? Oh, yeah. Okay. The Holocaust survivor, all that. Okay. Well, no, she didn't survive the Holocaust. Well, yeah, no, yeah. not she, yeah. she. So she was killed during the Holocaust. Right. And Now, okay, so I'll explain here in just a second. But this restaurant puts on their Facebook page a picture of Anne Frank. And says and says that it's hotter. They put this caption with Anne Frank. It's hotter than an oven out there, and I should know. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, how stupid is that? You can't do that. How I don't even know why that? you think that would be okay. Exactly. Like, what makes you think in the year 2022 or enter? Like, there's never been a point in history where that's funny or entertaining. Yeah, like back in the day, you could get away with some jokes, but you that's a joke you would never be able to no. get away with. And it's not even funny. First off, it's, it's not, not even accurate. She didn't die. She wasn't put to – she died from, a, a like, typhoid disease or something like that. Right. She actually died from a disease. She didn't die from being put in the gas chamber. She actually died from, from a disease and all that, which a lot of the people did. But still, forget the fact that it's factually incorrect. Like, who thinks that's funny? Who thinks that's funny? Can I tell you that's how a business gets shut down? Yeah. Is by something that stupid to say something like that? Like, why would anybody think that that is funny? Um, R.I.P. to Paul Sorvino. Paulie, of course, in the Goodfellas uh, movie, um, you know, obviously played. They had Paul Sorvino, his daughter, Mira. She's an Academy Award winner herself. But uh, Paul Sorvino, man, we're losing all the mobsters here. You know, we just lost, lost Ray Liotta from Goodfellas. Now we lose Paulie. We lost Paulie Walnuts a couple weeks ago. Like all the mobster guys are dying on us this year. It's the year of the, the mobster guys dying us. So great actor, was tremendous in Goodfellas. Who wasn't tremendous in Goodfellas? Everybody was 
tremendous and uh, good fellows. But RIP to uh, the great uh, Paul Servino. All right, so you and I were talking about this um, in the uh, bullpen earlier tonight. So last week they announced the Marvel. What is it? The the, the next next phase. What the, and this? What what's the one we're about to finish? We're about to finish phase four. Okay, so I asked you because the last thing for phase four is going to be in November when Wakanda Forever comes out, and right. they put the trailer out over the way. You watched the trailer? I did. What'd you think? I thought it was I thought it was cool, but like you like you said, and like you're about to say, it, it's hard to understand. Right. Like, what's the story? Exactly. I don't exactly. I don't really understand. They showed a quick glimpse of somebody. In the Black Panther outfit, but they didn't expand. They're all back. The mother is pleading her case in front of, I don't know, the the council or whatever. And I didn't understand. I don't know who the bad guy is. Right. The CIA guy or whatever's back in this movie. Right. Okay, I'm all confused about what this is. Like I, it's one of those early trailers where it's just like. Really, a lot of hype, and you're happy to just see, yeah, you know, something. something. Right. right. And I guess you know, as more trailers comes out, as we get close to the movie, there'll be more explanation in the trailers. Because right now, like you said, it's hard to see a storyline. Right. Um. But yeah, I don't see who really is going to be the main protagonist. Who's going to be the antagonist? Like, it's just hard to get a storyline out of it. Yeah. I. Again, I, it'll never be as good as the original Black Panther, just simply because there's no more T'Challa, and and they right. do reference him in the movie. I mean, they got pictures of him and stuff like that. It's not like they're going to – but I don't know. Was there somebody other than T'Challa who played the Black Panther in the comics or anything like that? Not that I – I don't know the comics okay. well enough to know. Because, I, I, again, if not, they're going to make somebody up at this yeah. point. Because somebody's in the Black Panther outfit. And and a lot of people speculated that it looks like a woman in the outfit. So maybe it is his sister. I don't know. Yeah, that's – all the early indications I heard were that his sister was going to take over the mantle. Okay. So maybe that, that's but what I it is. Like I don't know. she's like the scientist and all that, and she's – Yeah, I mean, it, but it, she, I mean, she was a she was definitely a scientist first because, you know, she's the one that designed the suits and all that right. stuff. But, you know, she fought a little bit too in some of the other movies, so maybe she's been training and trying to become a fighter behind the scenes, and maybe the movie will show that. So I'm not sure. All right. So this phase five. Like, I don't even know any of the Thunderbolts. I have no idea what that is. Nope. Ironheart. I know <laughs> oh, Lionheart. That was a Jean-Claude <laughs> Van Damme movie. I know Lionheart. Maybe maybe they're going to bring Van Damme back and he's going to play Lionheart. Um, and you told me that because they're going to make a Daredevil movie. And I'm like, they already made one bad Daredevil movie with Ben <laughs> Affleck. So you said this was a TV series that they're now going to yes, switch the, to the big screen. Yes. So what they're going to do is is in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. They had the Daredevil actor who played in the CW series. He was in and he was portraying like a uh, like one of a lawyer or something for Spider-Man or something like that. I forget the he's exact blind. role. Yeah, he's blind. That's the whole point of Daredevil. He's blind. How's he playing a lawyer? Well, he he's he's blind. He was blind in the movie too. So it makes well, sense. Well, yeah, I know he's blind in the movie. That's my point. <laughs> How's he playing a lawyer? Though? I forget what he was, it was a lawyer or something. But anywho, and there was kind of like a there was a moment where like something flew through the window and he stopped it with his cane or whatever, kind of indicating you know yeah he, his he senses be super, are yeah, enhanced exactly that's his gimmick right and when he puts on that mask he can it 
there's can, a, like see through like his waves right, or whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That that he has some visual effect. Uh huh. Agatha Coven of Chaos. Yeah, Agatha Harkness coming back. She was the main evil witch villain in WandaVision. Secret Invasion. That's with the with the scrolls and whatnot. The green people that you Echo. saw. I don't know what that is. And then I told you I saw the the trailer for the or the the sneaky tricky freaky deaky trailer for the the, the new Ant Man, like it's it's full of bugs, like oh, they yeah. got like I got the Ant Man and, and the fly and the flea and the uh-huh. the wasp and the hornet and and they got like, all the bugs. And then too, um, the main villain in that one's gonna be Kang the Conqueror, who's also gonna be the main villain in one of the new Avengers too. He was in Loki. He was he became uh, he came about in Loki, the now, Loki Kang series. Now, is the guy that the the Secret Wars bad guy, right? No. Okay. He that's that's the scroll. That's the green people. He's gonna be the bad guy in the the, the Avengers. Uh, something something Kang. So who's left of the Avengers? That that <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's gone. Yeah. There's no Iron Man. Nope. There's uh, the, there's no there's there's a new Captain America. The fake Captain America. <laughs> I liked him as the Falcon, but I know I, he can't be. You know, Captain America. I think the Winter Soldier is still going to be around. I think Hawkeye is still going to be around with the uh, the new girl that he brought up. Um, we got we got Tahor. <laughs> Thor is still around. We got Tahor, so we got. I don't him. know if the Guardians of the Galaxy, because you said the third I, one's yeah. going to be the last one. So they one. announced that, that that the director said that's going to close out their involvement in um, the Marvel universe. Okay, so they're probably not going to be around anymore, right. which makes sense. Um, who else? Captain Marvel still around. Miss Marvel, so Captain America, Miss Marvel, um, Photon, Maria Rambeau's daughter. She was in WandaVision. So wh- when are we gonna get the X Men and Blade and all of them? Blade's coming. Yeah, Blade is coming. They're gonna make a movie with the Blade. And then, but, and but the, is he gonna be part of the Avengers and probably X Men and everybody? In the new Doctor Strange movie, oh. we got Professor Professor X. Okay, I was gonna say because they also announced the. The X-Men 97 is the next movie that's yeah. coming along, mm-hmm. which that does have Wolverine in it, though. I don't know. How, I don't know what they're going to do about that. Because I mean, he's gone. Yeah. yeah. He's dead. Logan's I'm, dead. But with uh, in the multiverse, there's multiple Logans. Yeah, they'll just show so, up again. It'll be like yeah. Bobby Ewing in Dallas. Nobody's just truly. show up again. With them opening the multiverse, nobody is truly dead. I guess. Nobody. And, and as you said, and we got the Fantastic Spiderman Four. will be here. Yeah, they, yeah they're going to reboot the Fantastic Four. Yep. Did you see that cast? Uh-uh. Like the guy, the did you see that movie? What's the movie where the monsters are out there and you can only whisper or whatever? Oh, like that? a quiet place. Or okay, something like so that. So that the guy, he's from the Office. Oh, oh yeah, 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 okay, yeah. So he's gonna play Reed Richards. Yeah, he's because he was Reed in Spider Man. Yes, or Doctor play, Strange. I mean, he's gonna play Reed Richards, mm-hmm. and they they have the whole cast of the Fantastic Four because again, Johnny Flame or whatever in Fantastic he Four was, was Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah. So people just, you know, just pretend like, oh, yeah, it's great. He's just going to show up as, he's what's he, Johnny Flame? And I think. That um, was Captain America. There, I, I saw something where they like the. And he's like uh, twice the size in Captain America right. as he was in Johnny Flame. I think I saw something where one of the new series is going to uh, have the thing in it, too. So that's how they're going to bring in the this, thing. This whole, this whole thing is so confusing to figure out <laughs> yeah. all these people. Who's in, who's out, who's allowed to be in, what what universe you're in, what, what multi-platinum. You know, multi-finger thing you got going on or whatever. <laughs> you got Tahor. You got you got you know Iron Man. You got you know, some are in, some are out. And I, I, honest to God, it, it's like all confusing. And then like they also showed like they're gonna have the Avengers Kang Dynasty. Yeah, so that's the one the gonna Avengers, be with Kang the Conqueror. Okay, and then the Avengers Secret Wars. That's gonna be one with the scroll. So they're gonna have all these the different the like scroll. all these yep. different bad guys, uh-huh. and they got nobody to fight. 
no Captain America. We got we ain't got no Iron Man. Maybe we got Tahor. I don't know what we got. We got Spiderman still. We got Spiderman. Okay. We got Captain Marvel. Yeah, we got Doctor Strange. Love. We got, we got Doctor him. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Maybe we got the oh, Hulk. And then uh, we got we got uh, America Chavez from Doctor Strange. All right, we don't we don't have Black Panther. Nope, no Black. We don't, we don't have. Well, we do have some we, Black we don't Panther. Have the, maybe uh, the 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 the. The Black Fang, or what? What's the girl? What was the Scarlett Johansson? Oh, Black Widow. Yeah. So we ain't got the, you know, we ain't got the, the, you know, Bumblebee <laughs> or whatever. Bumblebee. And then, and then this, this, like I saw the trailer for that, that Ant Man. Like it's all these bugs. Like all these people are bugs. Grasshoppers <laughs> and crickets and spitter, you know, spitters and it's just it's ridiculous. The whole thing is just absurd. All right. Happy birthday today to Walter Payton on his induction night uh-huh. in the Hall of Fame. I ran into Walter and his family. They were dancing oh, wow. and having a good time at the pub club. Did you dance um, with them? No, I didn't dance with them, but he was <laughs> dancing with his family, and they were all having a, a good time at the pub club. With that, tonight's top ten list, our top ten favorite NFL running backs in our lifetime that we have watched. Yes. The floor is yours, Dylan. All right. I am going to uh, no particular order here. I'm going to start off with Chris Johnson. He didn't have the necessarily the longevity mm-hmm. that you would want. But uh, he had, obviously, that one really great year we almost broke. Mm -hmm. 2,000-yard-plus season. Exactly. So I got Chris Johnson as one of them. Another one, I'm going to go with Frank Gore. Now, he did have the longevity, and he had some really good seasons as well. So I got Frank Gore as one. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, uh, he had, obviously, some very good seasons, that epic run in that playoff game, that wild card game against the defending champion Saints. LT, LaDainian Tomlinson. Now, I when I started watching him, I caught him kind of on the back end of his career, but he still had some productive years when I was watching him. So give me LT. I'm going to go, me personally, I got to put Michael Turner in this list. He was very, very good with the Falcons. And no, wow. He, he didn't have uh, – because he was with the Chargers beforehand, right? Is that who was with yes. beforehand? Yes, I mean, he was LaDainian Tomlinson's backup for a few years in, in San Diego. I loved watching Michael Turner with the Falcons. So give me Michael Turner. Also, give me Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush, again – didn't have quite the longevity that you know people expected him right. to have at a USC, but still, as a as a return man, as a running back with uh, with the Saints, very good. Here's another one too. I feel like a lot of people forget about Adrian Foster. I'm gonna put Adrian Foster in there as wow. well. He he couple had years with the Texans. Uh-huh. Uh, that he had a couple big years with the Texans. He was fun to watch. And then you gotta also have. Uh, I'm gonna put two some guys uh, closer to now: Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey can't stay healthy, but when I mean when he is, I mean he is literally the Carolina Panthers and Kamara. He always burns the Falcons when he when he plays. Luckily enough, we haven't had to see him for the last couple of games that we played. No, him. and he's killed the Falcons both catching the football and yeah. running the football. That's what all those running backs have mm-hmm. killed the Falcons catching the football. Um, but definitely number one on this list has to be Adrian Peterson for me. I mean, watching him in the in the in the late two thousands, early twenty yeah. tens, as I mean, dominant as there's ever been. Dominant as there's ever been. Uh, I've got Adrian Peterson on my list as well. And it is funny just thinking about my age versus your age because <laughs> I've got a lot of those 80s running backs. Right. Um because I've got I've I've got I've got Eric Dickerson, I've got Walter Payton on my list. Mm-hmm. Um Roger Craig, who was a dominant running back for a few years with those 49ers teams. Marshall Falk, I've said before, Marshall Falk is the best offensive player that I've ever seen in the NFL. In his peak prime Marshall Falk is the best offensive player I saw. Emmett's on my list. Um, Thurman Thomas is on my list. Yep. Barry Sanders is on my list. LT is on my list. The other LT, not Lawrence Taylor, but LaDainian Tomlinson. Oh, unbelievable yeah. player. And, look, didn't play long, and I thought he was as 
I thought he would have been as dominant as anybody, Bo Jackson. Oh, and Bo yeah. And Bo was an unbelievable mm-hmm. talent, um, not just baseball, but obviously his short football career. Unfortunately, man, that hip went out, and that was all she wrote. But, boy, you watch Bo Jackson run around in the NFL. I mean, forget – I mean, I've said before, Bo's one of the five best college players I've ever seen in my lifetime. He was an unbelievable running back in the NFL, and if he could have just stayed healthy, might have been one of the best of all time. Hit us up with your list as well. When we get back, Eric Bischoff, former head of WCW, joined us earlier in the show. We talked about uh, all things going on with the WWE and Vince McMahon. He'll join us next. Chuck Green, the Key Studio. Sports Radio, the game, Odyssey.com app. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make sure. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out at Key Studios on this Monday evening, 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media, the station's at 92 on The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hit me up at JMCH316. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. Well, we got a bombshell of news on Friday with the announcement that Vince McMahon was retiring and stepping down from uh, all things WWE. In fact, we got the word earlier today that Triple H is going to not only be the EVP of talent relations, but he's going to take over full-time creative duties as well. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealers bring him to the show. Man, we've talked to a couple of times previously. His 83 Weeks podcast drops every Monday on all your favorite podcast platforms. In fact, I listened to it earlier today. His new book coming out, Grateful, is going to be coming out. You can pre-order it at uh, bischoffbook.com and get a signed copy. Pre-order that, written uh, in conjunction with our buddy uh, Guy Evans, who we've had uh, on the show as well. And you can follow him on Twitter, at ebischoff. Eric Bischoff joins us here. Eric, as always, man, thanks for a few minutes uh, in Atlanta. Crazy news and you know, I was with you. I never thought I would see a day in my life that Vince McMahon was not running WWE at some point. Yeah, I, it, it really, even with all the controversy and everything that's going on, I really didn't see Vince McMahon, especially voluntarily, stepping down. I, I just didn't believe it would happen. Do you think Vince McMahon's legacy is bigger in the wrestling business or in the television business? I, I I don't think you could I don't think you could distinguish between the two. I, I think as a businessman, um, what Vince McMahon has accomplished in the last whatever it's been 30, 40 years uh, since he took over and bought out his father <clears throat> to take the industry as a whole from the business model that it was and, and turn it into a multi a five billion dollar publicly held global multimedia company. You should never, ever be just set aside. That is a massive accomplishment. But the same thing, you could say the same thing about his impact within the wrestling you know, world. It's not only a massive business story, it's a massive wrestling story, and I don't think you can separate them. You know, the, uh, the stock did really well today. I was wondering about, I, I have a few shares of WWE stock, and I don't know if you have uh, some, but, you know, it was up over 8% today. It jumped up, and it's, it's up over 70 you surprised that the, the stock and the reaction has taken to it that Wall Street looked at this as, I, I guess, for at least now in the short term, a positive move? I, you know, I was 
I was hopeful that that would happen. Um, I, I, I'm not invested in WWE, so I have zero stock. But I was hoping I would see Wall Street react the way they did because, you know, you talk about Vince McMahon's legacy and, and business. You know, if you look at the, the solid corporate infrastructure and foundation from the ground up that Vince McMahon has built uh, and, and overseen and orchestrated over the last, you know, 20 years, it's, it's so damn impressive. You know, when you look at the key executives and their pedigrees and resumes, it's beyond impressive. So I think, you know, when, when Vince McMahon made his decision, um, I think a lot of really smart people that understand business recognize that there is a tremendous board at WWE, board of directors. There's tremendous executive horsepower in WWE. And I don't think that they were too worried about it obviously, because the stock reflects that WWE. because of the strength of the, of the team that he built. WWE Hall of Famer and former head of WCW, Eric Bischoff, joining us here on the waitfor.com hotline. When something like this takes place and this kind of change in an organization and you have a lot of long-term players you know, behind the scenes, I know you're friends with Bruce and obviously Kevin Dunn has been there for a long time. Do you think that there's going to be more fallout, just that there's going to be more house cleaning or, or just when I say that, not because people have done some things wrong, but like in sports, when somebody, when a new general manager takes over, they want their people in. And I know Stephanie and triple H and Nick Khan are running it, but do you think there's going to be more cleanup and fallout to, to come? No way to know for sure, but here would be my guess. You know, this is such no, no corporation, especially a publicly held one loves Radical, massive change at the top, right? It's just the market likes stability. The market doesn't like instability and volatility. Okay, I think that's safe to say. And WWE right now, you know, it, this has been a, a a left jab, right hook kind of a combination. You know, the left jab was all of the headlines recently and the, the, the allegations and the controversy, the speculation in the Wall Street Journal, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's, that's a lot of, that, that's a lot of uh, cluster nervousness on Wall Street, <laughs> typically. And then you get a punch, you get a, a right hook with, you know, some of the revelations that came out today and the fact that Vince actually resigned I think WWE corporately is going to be looking for a sense of stability for the next 12 to 18 months before you see any radical changes at the top. You may see an executive or two go. More likely it'll be because of their personal choice and just they've kind of got to the end of their careers and are ready to go off and do something else or just enjoy the fruits of their labor. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see any massive, you know, top level uh changes beyond what we've seen that's, you know, my, that's a guess you know the thing i'm also curious about eric is i mean let's face it there, there have been people over the years that that don't like wwe and didn't like vince and now we're hearing things about you know real sports is going to dive back into some things and this that and the other you know vince is probably not going to get on twitter like donald trump and start firing back at people you think that this is going to be where we're going to get a lot of kind of and i'll, I'll say it low-life media people that are going to take their shots at Vince now and, and and try to get their pound of flesh out of all of this because they probably know Vince is not going to – if Vince was in front of him, he'd hit back. 
but he's not going to get on Twitter and social media in today's world and hit back. So you think there's going to be pot shots coming now Vince's way and everybody looking for any little dirt under the fingernails? Why, why wouldn't they? Why would they treat Vince McMahon any different than the general public treats any celebrity or media uh, personality uh, or, or government official for that matter that has any kind of dirt or presumed dirt or maybe they just don't like them personally, whatever. But that's, that's our culture, isn't it? Everybody, no matter what, everybody's going to look for dirt. Everybody's going to look for the worst possible story. Everybody's going to find a way or try to find a way to come up with a salacious story that was more salacious than the last 20 that we've read so far today. That's just the nature of, you know, scumbag media. <laughs> yeah. Um, you think that there'll be a celebratory show for Vince at some point on Raw or SmackDown or something? I mean, I know Stephanie came out there. And, you know, it was just kind of interesting. I, I know she had to say something, and I know they didn't have time to prepare anything. But, I mean, this is – we're talking about maybe the most important figure in an industry, in the wrestling industry, in my lifetime. I'm, I'm 50, and, and he's been around my entire life. I, I wonder if they will do something as a retrospective to honor Vince or if Vince just want to kind of walk away and just kind of ride off in the sunset. Oh, good question. Nobody knows the answer to that. Again, I can give you a, I can give you a couple of guesses. Uh, my first reaction to that is that, based on what I've seen and heard and experienced a little bit, uh, Vince, oddly as odd as it may sound, isn't necessarily comfortable being front and center. So I don't think Vince would have any problem just going off into the sunset, and not having any kind of reference or recognition ever again. That's that's I think that's what that's one of the things that I think makes you uh, Vince McMahon such an interesting and unique and weird character. He's just he's different. Um, but you know I, I I think at the same time, but we're talking about a publicly held company in WWE. They have a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders to do do things that are in the best interests of the interests of their shareholders. That makes things different. They may want to do something right now, but given the nature of the controversy, they probably won't. Because what if something drops? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what if you know you don't know where this is going, or maybe I, I assume they don't. Maybe they do. And maybe at some point you will see him. But I think as long as the controversy is, is you know, front and center and, and we're all seeing it each and every day, um, I would imagine it'll be a minute before we see that um, just from a corporate perspective. You think Vince is the kind of guy that would be a part of a board of directors for a corporation or be – you know, something in a, you know, obviously he's had his, you know, runs with, you know, the XFL and things like that. Getting involved in, in some kind of corporate environment for another business or in athletics or something else. Could you see him in any kind of role like that? Don't know him well enough, honestly. Here, here'd be my just what little I do know, what little I've seen. And, and by the way, history, um, I don't think Vince plays well with others. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I think if Vince finds something that he can grab by the throat and just throttle till it becomes successful, he might do that. 
but to be a part of a board or a part of a team to all roll in the same direction and eh, I don't know, maybe wouldn't bet on it. You just think that, you know, say what you will about his personality, but the, the success is undeniable about, about what he's done. And you would think somebody would want to, if nothing else, pick his brain, don't you? I mean, that somebody would at least television company or whatever, you know, Dick Ebersol sitting him down and want to pick his, I mean, you would think somebody would want to pick his brain for all the success that he's had, right? I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would. Um, but if you're Vince McMahon, you're 77 years old, um, you want to sit around getting your brain picked apart for a couple grand an hour? <laughs> eh, probably not. <laughs> You'd probably be, rather be out on your yacht sailing around the Bahamas, um, enjoying life and doing things that you've never allowed yourself to do because you have this psycho work ethic that demands that you grind 20 hours a day. I could think of a lot more fun things to do than sit around letting people pick my brain. <laughs> you know, Eric, I'm one of the people that believes that WWE is going to be sold. And I've, I've thought this for the last couple of years that whether it's Disney or Liberty Media or what have you, that, you know, somebody that, that, that eventually WWE is going to get sold. Do you think all this expedites that or you think that the family wants to stay in control of this thing still for a while and, and let's see if we can go a different direction and, and make even a better product than what we've had over the last few years? I have no credible insight into that. I, I've, I've answered this question a couple different times in different ways under different, much different circumstances. In my heart of hearts, I think as long as Vince McMahon is alive and, and Stephanie, especially now, especially now with Stephanie as chairwoman and co-CEO, that there's not any real rush to, to sell this company. Would they if the right offer came along? I don't know. Ask Twitter. They have to. <laughs> You're a publicly held company. If somebody comes along and makes an offer that's in the best interest of the shareholders, it really doesn't matter what anybody wants to do. It's a public company. Um, matters what the shareholders want to do. But I don't think there's going to be any push or uh, I don't think anybody's going to expedite whatever current discovery or processes are going on. Could be wrong. I don't think so. You think, Eric, based upon what you know about Stephanie and Triple H, that they're all capable of running this thing without Vince, that, 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 that they're capable of handling? Again, you know, Vince is such a powerful figure that you know, the buck always stopped with him. You think that they're capable of handling all this? More, more than capable. Here's, here's the reality. Taking my personal feelings about any one person out of the equation. Okay, but having worked with each one of the people I'm about to mention, Triple H is now the head of creative. He's going to do a great job. Take out Triple H, insert Bruce Pritchard. Same reaction, same same prediction. Take out Bruce Pritchard, put in a guy by the name of Ed Kosky. Most people don't know him. Been there forever. He he would do a fantastic job. Take him out. You could probably plug in one or two other people that I'm just not as familiar with anymore because mm -hmm. it's been a minute since I was there last. My point is there's some just deep talent on the creative side of the business as well in the business side of the business going back to the legacy of the just the, the blue chip public company that he's built from the ground up. Um, 
there's a lot of redundancy of really talented people in WWE. Is this on both sides of the equation? Is this a, a, a time when AEW should be like, hey, look at us, we're stable, we've got? I mean, it seems like AEW should try to take advantage of all this, but I, I'll be honest. I mean, we have a great relationship with them on this on this show here with AEW. They just at times can't get out of their own way enough, and and it seems like they should take advantage, but. I don't know if they can take advantage enough of this situation. Um, I don't know that they need to. I don't know that they want to. I don't know that they're capable of it if they were. And I don't think they they know. <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I don't know what the goal is for AEW. I don't know what the vision is. I'm not sure they know what the vision is. If they do, it's not apparent to me, at least in what I've seen out of them over the last six months, especially. Um, I don't know. You know, in order to take advantage of an opportunity, you have to first off, you know, recognize the opportunity for what it is and how it benefits you and then determine whether or not you have the resources to accomplish it. But if you can't even see what the opportunity is and define it, I don't know how you hope to achieve it. Follow him on his Twitter page at ebischoff. Check out his podcast, 83 Weeks. He talks a lot more in detail about uh, this Vince McMahon situation uh, on this week's episode, free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms. And check out his new book. It's going to be grateful. You can download it at Bischoff, uh, pre-order, I should say, a signed copy at bischoffbook.com. And uh, Eric will probably talk to you again when the, when the book comes out. We've talked to Guy Evans before on the show because obviously the Nitro book is as good as there, there is in the wrestling book world. So uh, I always appreciate you hanging out with us for a few minutes in Atlanta. Thanks as always, and uh, we'll chat here soon. All right, buddy. It was great talking to you again. Look forward to it. All right, we'll be back. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Key Studios on Sports Radio to the Game and on the Odyssey.com app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.